As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Breaking news from The Athletic. What's up? Welcome in. Emergency live episode of Hogan Johns for you as the Bears have a new general manager. The guy we talked about this morning, John Z. <laughs> it's been a long day already. That was some great stuff um, from Nate Taylor. If you haven't seen it, heard it, watched it, whatever, check it out. Uh, it's still on this YouTube channel. But, yeah, um, a lot of insightful stuff. And, and here we are. It's finally over. It's it's a day over, right? Two weeks since the firing of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. And here we are with a new GM for the Bears and Ryan Poles. Yeah, not over yet though, because they still have to hire a head coach. So be another like three weeks for that or something. <laughs> Ryan Poles wants to interview thirteen guys. Yeah, some over Zoom, some in person. Uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Thanks for everyone tuning in uh, live. I see somebody uh, in the comments already saying that it's one a.m. in Germany where they are, and they are awake for this episode. So that is awesome. Uh, appreciate the support, and uh, we can see your comments. So there's a lot coming in, but we'll share some. And if you have some questions, you can drop in with that. Um, but yeah, that's our second episode already today. And John's is right. If you missed the episode we did this morning, we recorded it before Ryan Poles accepted the job. Um, but if you listen to it, it was basically a Ryan Poles is probably going to be the GM podcast. Um, a really good timing. We had Nate Taylor on who covers the Chiefs for the Athletic uh, and obviously has a good relationship with Ryan Poles and and has gotten to know him over the years. He had s- some amazing insights. So at the very least, I mean, we're going to give you our reaction to everything here, but make sure you go back when this is over and uh, check out that episode for the um, really just a good insight of what who Ryan Poles really is. And then we transitioned the conversation to Nate Tice, who was talking about who could be potential fits as a coach uh, with Ryan Paul. So even though we recorded the whole thing before the hiring was official, there's still plenty of good stuff for you to go back and and listen to there. So make sure you uh, check that out. But since it is official and we did tell you that we would go live if there was a general manager hiring, we are here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. Uh, you can read our reaction already. Mine is up NBC Sports Chicago.com. John Z on the athletic 
Facebook.com slash Hogan Johns. Kevin Fishbane there as well. Um, and plenty more to come over the uh, coming days as the Bears, whenever they want to make this official, Johnsy, that'd be great. Um, probably At 6.07 p.m. here in Chicago? Yeah. No um, official release from the Bears? Well, and I think that's because I'm not necessarily sure the ink's dry. Um, like, I... I think he verbally accepted the job. I think he probably jumped into some um, conversations with some coaches today, started to get to work, but I think the contract still be worked out. Are you telling me the Bears don't use DocuSign? <laughs> I don't think Dave McGinnis used DocuSign. No, Dave McGinnis, good reference. Wow. No. Well, hey, don't, you, you can't reference Dave McGinnis. In a situation like this, because we all know what happened with Dave McGinnis, though, right? Hey, I'm just covering my bases here. I just wanted to be known that while we are live here, I don't think this is official. The Bears have not announced it. That's true. And if there's any organization, I said this earlier with Wani, uh, we did on your center podcast live earlier, too. And as soon as I started saying this stuff, Wani goes, oh, Dave McGinnis, <laughs> which he would know a little something about. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, that was very, the guy well. getting hired after he got fired. Yeah, very well, very well. If, if you're not familiar with that story, that was uh, which McCaskey was in charge then, Michael? Michael, right? and that's why he lost his uh, president. That's why they went to uh, Ted Phillips. Yes, that is why they Basically. went to Ted Phillips. Wow, way to start this podcast off. I know. That, that was a head coach the Bears thought they had hired but didn't hire. Um, I forget the reasons why. I wrote a book about it somewhere, but it was a complete debacle. <laughs> I read a book about it. <laughs> No, I Wait, detailed you, it. you know that you book you, I wrote. You wrote a book about it. Yeah, I know. yeah. It's, it's, it's mentioned in that chapter I wrote on, on Ted Phillips and, and whatnot. But it was a complete debacle. Thought they had a head coach. <laughs> Didn't want to become their head coach. Where was he staying at the the uh, Deer Tree Inn? I forget Deer Deer Path Inn in oh, Lake yeah. Forest. Man, I don't I don't think uh, Ryan Poles is staying at the uh, Deer Path Inn tonight. No, I think the Bears handled this. Um, that's one of the things we're going to talk about here. Uh, there are definitely some similarities to 2015 going on here, um, but there's also some differences, and I think we're going to be here to kind of explain some of that to you. Um, but certainly at first glance, um, starting with the fact that his name is Ryan and his last name starts with a P, um, he is 36 years old. Ryan Pace was 37 when he was hired. Uh, he's been with one organization for the most part in his career, the Kansas City Chiefs, just like Ryan Pace was primarily with the New Orleans Saints. Um, and now there's a bunch of finalists, one of which was already in the building today, just like Todd Bowles was in the building <laughs> in 2015 when Ryan Pace was high. So it's like, oh, my God, this is all happening again. And I totally understand that reaction from Bears fans. So. Uh, let's clear some things up. And by the way, as we do this, I am not giving the Bears the benefit of doubt on any of this stuff. And I have no idea if Ryan Poles will be a good general manager. Check back in like seven years um, for a final verdict on that one. But first of all, let's start with Poles being in Kansas City for the last 13 years. Definitely some differences um, because the Chiefs have been through a number of general managers in that time. He's worked for Scott Pioli. He's worked for John Dorsey. He's worked for now Brett Veach. Um, and they've all had differences of how they run things. And so I think he has got, and by the way, he's worked in pro side, scouting side. He's done a bunch of different stuff. So I don't think it's exactly the same thing as Ryan Pace just being in one place 
kind of doing the same thing under the same regime for a really, really long time. I think there are some subtle differences there and maybe some not so subtle differences as well. Um, so that's the, the number one thing. Um, the, the second thing, and I guess this is similar to Todd Bowles being in the building, but I'm not so sure that that makes Jim Caldwell like a for sure deal. Uh, I think that was maybe a little bit more coincidence that he was in the building today, and I just wouldn't panic too much. And, and part of this is just a gut feeling, too. Johns, feel free to jump in. I just find it hard to believe that a 36-year-old GM who's finally getting his shot here, um, who who 100% took this job over Minnesota because of the quarterback situation. I shouldn't say 100%, but that was a big part of the, the pie chart, from what I understand. Pie chart. Pie okay. chart. Right? And then, you know, if you're going to put it in a pie... Like You're what using part was just ink and pie charts? Switch are you in charge of? But but continue. <laughs> Thankfully, not this one. Otherwise, we you know the Bears would be in a lot more trouble. Um. Anyway, I think that hiring Jim Caldwell just doesn't add up to me. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe I'll eat that comment. I that just does not add up to me. There is a thirty-year age difference. Between the two, Jim Caldwell is highly respected. He has won a Super Bowl. He's won with the Detroit Lions. We we talked at length about that on our earlier show. That is impressive. He went to two playoffs, two postseasons with the Detroit Lions, a team that we have routinely called hot garbage on this podcast. And you know they could be looking for their next head coach in a couple of years again. But the my hope is that George McCaskey and Ted Phillips learn some lessons from 2015 where they don't let the advisor's top choice kind of skew where they want their coaching search to go for their young general manager. They had this pairing between John Fox and Ryan Pace that looked good, at least in that instant. The idea of pairing a young GM with a veteran coach, they could learn from each other. The energy of Pace could rub off on John Fox, whose experience could help Pace. I, I, I understood that, but didn't pan out well. Ryan Pace should have ran his full search himself. We've gone through this before on this show. That was a very condensed, short coaching search that he had. He only interviewed three other candidates other than John Fox. And this could be condensed the same way because there's already three finalists that the Bears apparently have for Ryan Poles to consider. Maybe he had a, a role in IDing some of those finalists through his first interview, but you would hope he would expand this list or take control of this list and take it away from George McCaskey. And as we alluded to on this morning's podcast, I think towards the end, this time the Bears hired the guy from Kansas City uh, that they should have hired seven years ago. Because remember, that's where Chris Ballard was working. Um, and this time, it certainly sounds like to me, I don't want to say that Ryan Poles necessarily made demands, but I think he definitely, you know, he had a little bit of leverage, understanding that he had a flight booked to Minnesota to talk to the Vikings. Um, and I think he did put his foot down on some of his head coaching control. 
Right. He should learn from the pace situation as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody Absolutely. talks around the league. He should have gone into that interview today with a list of things. And and one of them should have been like, I get to hire the coach. And I hope he is in full control of those interviews. Um, And I said this earlier today too, Johns. I wouldn't have a problem if the Bears said to Bill Polian, Appreciate all the work you've done the last few weeks. You helped us land uh, the GM. We think we've, you know, we feel great about this. Um, appreciate everything you've done, but your work's done here now. See ya. Like we have all the information on how many head coaches? Thirteen have they interviewed? Thirteen GM candidates, and I'm up to ten or eleven yeah. head coaching candidates. Yes. So you've Expansive. talked. You, yeah, Bill's talked to plenty of these guys. His feelings are well known at this point. Appreciate everything you've done. We're going to hand all this information over to our new football guy that we hired, uh, who, oh, by the way, now reports directly to George McCaskey, as Chris Ballard asked for seven years ago. So again, I'm trying to paint why, as much on the surface as this looks similar, I actually think some of the actions here are different. Um, Not that the outcome will be different, but it does seem to me like they are allowing Ryan Poles to if he really came in and say, look, I need this, I need this, I need this, and they said, okay, like we're not going to make that same mistake again. This is your show from this point. Now, as I also put in my column today, it appears to be different, but I guess we'll find out for sure over the next few days how different it really is. But that's the first vibe I'm getting. I also, I also think it's very fair to question the process as well. You cast this this wide net. 13 candidates and probably some other due diligence and some others. You interview them all over Zoom. Only one of them comes to Hallis Hall for an interview. That's a fair point. Yeah. Only I, I get that the, the Vikings' interest may have spurred some competitive juices. You know, those may have been flowing. Like, we really like this guy. We got to get him. We can't let him go to a divisional rival. I understand that. But what were George McCaskey's words? He promised an exhaustive, diligent, thorough search, right? And by interviewing 13 candidates, you do some of that. But isn't the next step talking to these finalists in person, showing them around the building, having dinner, having, having meals, something that's a little bit more less formal? And to that point, John's, you know, I understand why today, you know, with him potentially going to Minnesota, if you really felt that much conviction on him, you don't let him leave. Monty Ossetford, who I know you just tweeted a little while ago, is one of the finalists. Yeah. Who was he? But here's the thing was he really a finalist if he never got the second interview? You know, he was supposed to be at Alice uh, Hall tomorrow. So, yeah, right. So, he's supposed. So, I, I, what I'm getting at, Johns, is he interviewed for the first time virtually 10 days ago. It was January 15th. So he could have been in the building yesterday. Could have been in the building. You know what I mean? I, I What I'm saying is if you had had not necessarily sped this up, because I think the meticulous approach, there were some benefits to it. But you could have had some of these other guys at least come in the building if you had done it just a little bit faster at least over the last couple of days, 
And then it wouldn't have just been one guy coming in. I, I think by casting this wide of a net, you've given some people around the league the impression that you have no idea what you're looking for. You know what I'm saying? Now, you may have yeah. found what you're looking for in Ryan Poles. But by talking to 13 candidates, by talking to 10 head coaching candidates, guys that, for the most part, Adam, were like on everybody's list from media analysts to, to pundits on TV to the common fan at home. Like, with all due respect to Bill Polian, like, those guys were on our athletic list that we <laughs> compiled like a week before the season ended. All of them. <laughs> Didn't Brad Biggs have a list of 27 GM candidates like right after the Yeah. Or was like, that the coaching candidates? I forget. Coaching candidates, I, I forget, yeah. but like we, people talk. You'll learn stuff, but well they they could get it right. Um, I think it's just fair to question the process because the Bears process in general always deserves questioning because we've seen the results. This could be different. There's reasons to be optimistic. But we've been optimistic before about previous GMs, have we not? That and that's why I'm um, reserving judgment, you know, because I don't want John Greenberg seven years from now retweeting <laughs> tweets from 2014. <laughs> Him and Mark Potash, you know, digging up old, you know, tweets from Jay Glazer and Albert Breer. Yeah, I was glad that there weren't any worse ones than there than there really were. Um, sure at least I had so. my name on them. Yeah, no, I and that's the thing. I mean, we're well. I I will say some a couple positive things that I do feel about this hire in particular, um, and then I have some questions too. But one is I like that he's coming from the Chiefs, like and. But that's different than Matt Nagy. Yes. It's very different from Matt Nagy. Well, and the reason why it's very different is because with Matt Nagy, it was all about, like, offense. Got to get the offense. Got to, you know, like, it, it was so single-focused on just, like, Andy Reid's offensive system. And we kept seeing over the last four years, you don't have the talent. You don't have Travis Kelsey. You don't have Tyreek Hill. You sure as hell don't have Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, how many times do we have that conversation on this podcast? So bringing in somebody who helped get the talent, I think, makes some sense. Um, and, I, and, and if you really pay attention to the Chiefs, they've done such a good job, and I'm talking more in, like, the last couple of years, of continuing to supplement. Like, when you just look at, like, guys like McCole Hardman, or Pringle. Um, uh, what's the name of the tight end that Nate Taylor brought up this morning when he was talking to us? The backup tight end. We, and we saw a little bit. I'm forgetting his name. But we saw him on, sat, on, on Sunday catch a few passes. You know, like, and on the offensive line, too, which was going to be my next positive thing. I love that he has an offensive line background. Ryan Poles. I do. Played offensive line. Has been heavily involved in the Chiefs' offensive line. Now, if you want to point out that they lost the Super Bowl last year because their offensive line was too weak, totally fair. They also had a bunch of injuries, and they spent the entire offseason trying to fix that, and they did so. Okay, or at least it seems like it, but it's a much better situation. Um, So I love that background because 
enough of the Bears trying to like patchwork this thing with an undrafted guard or a fifth round, you know what? Like, like get some get the offensive line in place, protect Justin Fields. Like that's where this thing has to start. That's what I want to see right away. So I love the fact that Ryan Poles comes from an offensive line background. I 100% agree. Robert in the comments section says I was being too negative. I'm not trying to be too negative. I'm just being realistic with what we've experienced covering the Bears. If you do want some positives, at least in my opinion, I agree with Adam here. When we were done talking with Nate Taylor, I came away with the impression that Ryan Poles is going to place extreme value on the trenches. I think it helps that he was a former offensive lineman. I think that helps his evaluations. I can't wait to talk to him about that. Mm -hmm. I believe Ryan Pace was a good evaluator of defensive line talent because he played defensive line. I think the same can be true for Rumbles. And then you just have these core beliefs from the Chiefs and, and Chris Ballard and Brett Veach and Andy Reid about adding speed. You know, uh, adding guys that aren't finished products, like superstars, especially later in, in later rounds, guys that you want to take risks on and whatnot. And we've seen the Chiefs do that. You know, they got talent and speed all around Patrick Mahomes. And I think those core beliefs from Andy Reid, especially from a personnel sense, will carry significant weight and be a positive for Ryan Poles here in Chicago. I agree. So I think that that's... That's a plus. Um, I also think that now this is a big if, right? Because we don't know about Justin Fields for sure, but there's definitely some optimism about Justin Fields, right? So this is where his experience the last couple years, you know, as being director of player personnel, executive director, excuse me, executive. Direct. I get kind of a kick when you go through organization from organization, the different way they title these guys. Um, <laughs> like to me, you put you put that executive in there. That's a promotion that happened at some point in Poles' career there. Yeah, absolutely. Probably to keep him. Or maybe last year after he was like a final. Wasn't he a finalist with the Panthers last Panthers year? Panthers job. So that in itself, by the way, I sorry, sorry to interject. That he was a finalist last year for the Panthers job. A finalist this year for the Bears, Giants, and Vikings. That's a positive, everybody. That is a good sign for your Chicago Bears. He's doing something right. He's doing something right. But just the fact that like he has is not only that they found Mahomes and he was involved in that. Um, Nate Taylor brought some of that up today with us this morning. Um, but he's been involved in the process of putting the pieces, continuing to build around Mahomes. Um, and, and again, like. Nagy was there for Mahomes' rookie year when he didn't play, but he wasn't. He hasn't been there since Mahomes actually took off. So I think that experience of going through the exact same years with Mahomes, so year two, so this is just year. This is year five now with a rookie quarterback like that. Um, while they were winning, while they were good, while they won a Super Bowl, he has a Super Bowl ring. You know, will help. Again, though, like, and this is where I'll back you up, John. Like, I totally understand where you're coming from about, like, let's cool it down a little bit. We've seen this play out. Talked about Ryan Pace's Super Bowl ring, his experience with Drew Brees. Drew Brees led to Mitch Trubisky. Okay, like, 
it, it it's unfortunately you just got to wait till we see the results. But that is another positive that I look at as I look at the pros and cons of this hire so far. At the end of the day, Matt Nagy's experience, or role in the development of Patrick Mahomes was extremely limited. That, that was just what one year. He was the offensive coordinator for one year. Now I'm not quite sure what Ryan Poles' evaluation of Patrick Mahomes was that year, or what role he played in the decision to trade up for him. There's a lot of layers to that. You got Brett Veach, you had Chris Ballard, you had Andy Reid. Like those are your chief decision makers at that point in time. But you know what? There's a lot of information gained after that. I mean, he's got those scouting reports from that year, and then everything that happened after that, the full year with Alex Smith, and then his ascension into superstardom in his second year and what the Chiefs did right for him on and off the field. It's invaluable information if you're trying to get Justin Fields to take the next step in his career. All right, now I have one negative that I still have big questions about. And it's not so much Ryan Poles' fault as much as it is the structure of the Chicago Bears. But once again, they are hiring a 36-year-old to be the main football guy. He reports to the owner. Like, he is as high as, you know, like, he's up there with, like, with the new structure, him and Ted Phillips, right? I mean, Ted's been there forever, so he's probably going to still have more say, but, like, he, he's no longer reporting to Ted Phillips. Like, so this guy is being put in a huge position at the top of the organization, reporting to only a guy who admits he's not a football guy. And I think that that's where um, anybody that they would have hired who doesn't necessarily have that experience that maybe an Omar Khan did or Rick Smith, who has already been through the, you know, been through that before uh, in his career. So there weren't many candidates that checked those boxes. So again, this is really more of a fault. I think of the bear structure than anything else, but I do wonder and doesn't mean he can't handle it. I will continue to say, I think that part of Ryan Pace's job in Chicago was actually really well done. So and he knew coming from a different organization exactly what the Bears lacked and what the Bears needed. And I hope that Ryan Poles can do the same thing at this point. But it's still a big unknown. There seems to be someone missing in like the front office structure. Isn't there? I'm, I'm not going to go on some rant about the need to hire a president of football operations. I, I think the Bears are probably past that at this point because they just hired or will hire or soon will hire polls to be the GM, but is Cliff Stein going to come into some role to help Ryan Poles with budget matters, cap matters? He's got a staff to fill out, yeah. scouting staff, you know, you know, an, admis- an administration staff just in terms of cap management. That's why you have all these, speaking of titles around the league, like football operations, like director of football operations is, is now a title you see kind of all over the place because there's a lot of responsibilities on a GM's desk. A ton. It's more than just scouting. You're in charge of travel plans, meal plans, uh the And that's why tra- I would like the weight I would room like, like yeah. The GM in charge of the roster. Uh, like yes. you know what I mean? Like focus on the roster. Make the team good. That's why you see a lot of um I think a trend now is you see a lot more assistant GMs. Yeah. Some of that stuff that is, that is on the plate of the GM. It's now off it. 
few of the candidates that the Bears had this year. Shane, Dodds, they were assistant GMs for their respective teams. Just yep. saying. All right, let's shift the conversation a little bit to... Uh, oh, one more thing I want to talk about before we get to the coaches. But if you guys want to drop in questions, uh, those of you on YouTube want to drop in questions on some of the coaches and where this thing might go, you can. We'll pull those up and try to answer them. But um, the Vikings connection here is... Re- like, it's it's a thing, okay? Like, let's not gloss over that. Um. The Vikings wanted Ryan Poles. Now, whether he was one and one A with Adolfo Mensa, who it seems like will get hired there now because they really only had two finalists and the Bears hired one of them. Um, it certainly seemed to me, and I was told something a couple days ago that Ryan Poles was the guy they 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 were leaning towards. But Ryan Poles wanted to talk to the Bears in person before he was going to take the Vikings job. And he ended up not reciprocating that to the Vikings. Did not leave the building today before going to Minnesota. Um, and I believe a big reason for that is Justin Fields. Versus probably starting over quarterback in Minnesota. I was going to say and or Kirk Cousins. Right. Now, some people would take that job. Kirk Cousins over Justin Fields, but that pool of people who would do that is limited to one person named Adam Johns. <laughs> Can't say that while I'm sipping water, man. I tried. I tried. I should have no, sped I, it. I, if I sped it up a little bit, you would have <laughs> spit it everywhere. Yeah, almost. Yeah. I, I looked up his salary cap hit for 2022. You know what it is? It's like it, it's like a billion dollars, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah in, in football dollars, yeah. 45 freaking million. And I think the, the 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 freaking is actually written in there. Because, <laughs> so, I mean, uh, all the power to Kirk Cousins and his agent for for securing that deal. But yeah, well, my lord, why, you see that? Like, oh no, I like, like you're a GM. I got I got some things to figure out here, man. Well, look, I spent years defending Rick Spielman. I thought he was doing a good job there, and then all of a sudden, like these Kirk Cousins contracts would happen, and then they'd re-sign him the next year for like another guaranteed contract, and then we keep. I'm like, what? I like I I kept saying we talked about this on the podcast. I agree with everything the Vikings are doing, except for this. What are they doing? Why do they keep giving Kirk Cousins free money? <laughs> because you know why? There's not enough good quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, you know you gotta well, keep taking true. swings at it, and which is probably why Ryan Poles didn't want to, you know, go through a start over situation. I mean, let's look back, like realistically, with Ryan Pace, like he he wasted, not wasted, but like he spent so much of his time in Chicago trying to get the quarterback right, and then the irony is he may have actually gotten it right at the end, and now he gets fired. Yeah, so and you've said this many times, like the the hard work has been done for him. If Justin Fields turns out to be the real deal, but um, you can certainly understand why, from that standpoint, Ryan Poles wanted this job over the Vikings job, and because the Vikings also coveted Justin Fields in the draft last year, but the Bears leapfrogged them to get him. I it's a fascinating storyline for two division rivals that are going to continue to play each other twice a year. Um, as long as Ryan Poles and Justin Fields are here. It's yeah, not going to go away. 
this is going to come off as probably like praise of Ryan Pace, but Ryan pulls at some point if Justin Fields pans out and he's sitting in that nice, comfortable office that used to be, <laughs> you know, run by Pace on the second floor of Hallis Hall with the courtyard, you know, deck not too far away with the modern facility. Like he's going to send Ryan Pace like a thank you note. Yeah. Like, thank you for, you know, building this beautiful facility for me and my team and for trading up, leapfrogging the Vikings arrival in our division and selecting Justin Fields for me. Thank you. Yeah. More more than a thank you note, I think. Especially no. if he pans out. Um, Even like the Giants job. Like, because Joe Shane got that and yeah. Poles was a finalist up there. You still have Daniel Jones. I would take... Justin Fields over Daniel Jones. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. and that's going to be like a clean slate situation up there. I, I thought think, you were going to say you take that Daniel Jones over the Vikings. I would take the well, uh, well, I would take the ability to get out of uh, Daniel Jones's rookie contract as opposed to having forty five freaking million dollars. True, and and the Giants do have two top ten picks. Yeah, so thank, that's you, thank you, Chicago Bears. Also, Joe Shane should write Ryan Pace a thank you for that. Yeah, I you know what though the Vikings are a pretty good organization. They I don't I don't want to. They were like, with Rick Spielman. Yeah, that's true. And and if they go down this road with uh, was it quasi Adolfo Menso? We got the correct pronunciation the other day on that. Now I'm forgetting it. And I feel bad. But quasi quasi that's queasy. what it is. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that is a very interesting hire for the Vikings. If that's indeed what they do here because of his analytics background and he's not necessarily like a scout type guy. And that's part of the reason why, like I believe in that stuff and that stuff's important. I'd rather personally, just my personal belief, like I would rather have a scout scouting type guy uh, as my general manager. That's just what I believe. Um, so it'll just be fascinating since they seem like they're two drastically different finalists now the direction the Vikings go over the next couple of years, if that's uh, indeed how this thing plays out. I love the internal turmoil of the NFC North. I mean, I know we're about to switch gears here a bit, but the NFC North is its already on the verge. It's already going to look extremely different next year because yeah. the Vikings, Bears changes, and what could happen in Green Bay. If, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, and we could do a whole podcast on that, um, Everything looks a lot different, a lot different. And I don't think the I don't I think the Lions are probably actually veering more towards being a tougher team to beat twice a year than just being a pushover. But we'll see I think how they that showed played. some of that this year. Yeah, I mean they they were fighting. They weren't great. They weren't a good team, but they were they were fighting um, and making things hard. All right. So I already saw one comment in there. Um, about Brian Dable is the is the Dable dream dead? Um, at this point, nothing's changed from this morning, from what I can tell, and there just doesn't seem to be a lot of interest. Now, the Bears have a new GM, so theoretically, that could change things. Um, but as of right now, it doesn't appear that the Bears had the same reaction that I certainly had watching that game on Sunday, and I think a lot of fans had, which was, damn, you see this offense and the way Josh Allen is used. Uh, 
it doesn't it isn't that what you want to do with Justin Fields? I, Are we sure not, the Bears weren't asleep? <laughs> I'm kidding. You know? I, I couldn't even say that without laughing, but I would want more information. Now, Ryan Poles comes equipped with it from Kansas City with what we just said about Patrick Mahomes, but Josh Allen's also a unique success story, is he not? Yeah. Would you want a little bit more information on what their developmental plan was for Josh Allen and Brian Dable's extremely important role in that was? He was with Allen every step of the way. Every step of the way. 2018, 2019, 2021, I'm losing my dates here. All these Bears coaches search run together now, but but that, that's my point. The Giants haven't hired him yet, so he's still available. They yeah. still have other candidates to talk to, so they say. Well, and that's where I'm not necessarily arguing that the Bears should definitely hire him. I just, and by the way, he inter- Brian Dable interviewed for a second time with the Giants already that's what I'm today. Saying. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, sorry, but they haven't hired him yet. Yeah. yeah, they haven't hired him. Um, I just. I just find it hard to believe that you wouldn't want to have that guy come in, in person, and really pick his brain. Um, for those same reasons, like you were just talking, like, what, don't you want to at least know what he's doing with Josh, Josh Allen that works? We're so well? doing this over a computer, and I miss doing it in person sometimes because the feel of the show is different. Yep. This is a guy that's going to stand in front of your team. Don't you want to get that vibe from him in person? Across the table, walking around the facility, having him, him meet a few of the players around there. like <laughs> That's why you bringing up that they didn't do that with any other GM candidate, I think is a completely fair uh, right. point that if this doesn't work out, will be brought up in the future many, many times. If we're sticking with George's buzzwords of thoroughness or thorough, diligent, and exhaustive, then isn't bringing more candidates in like part of this? It has to be. Like in-person interactions, still very important, you know, <laughs> despite Zoom. Football's played in person, not over Zoom. Coaches coach in person, not over Zoom. Well, not all the time, but... Yeah, sometimes they know, do. Sometimes they do, but you get my point. Yeah. Well... That's where things stand with Brian Dable right now. So um, I think our the podcast official stance on that is it uh, doesn't seem like he's going to be hired, but if the Bears do not talk to him again, I think um, some fair questions could be asked about that. Um, and, and by the way, we don't know if Brian Dable's got the CEO type in him then would be a head co- great head coach. But from the offensive side alone, I would want to, um, well, yeah, not to be redundant, but come in. Shake some hands, maybe meet Justin Fields. Um, so, hey, that's where that stands. All right. Um, talked about Jim Caldwell a little bit, who was there today. Supposedly, you know, probably met with Ryan Poles. Um, I think the more likely candidates who have already been reported to get second interviews are Dan Quinn and Matt Eberflus. Yes. There's connections to both of them, too, by the way. Yeah. Well, he has the same agent as Eberflus, I believe. And there's you can just call Chris Ballard for information. True. Yes, and they work together with Chris Ballard. Um, 
And what's the connection with Dan Quinn? I forget. <laughs> there was something there. <laughs> there was something there. Maybe he was the agent with Dan Quinn. Um, well, they're, 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 the relationship... So Dan Quinn is rep by the same agency that reps Mike Kafka. That's so what if, that connection if Ryan yeah, Poles yeah. wants to find his offensive mind from the same tree of Andy Reid, and he wants someone he's very familiar with, he knows Mike Kafka, who knows Dan Quinn because of the same agency. Get my point? Yeah. Um, and someone asked, this was way earlier, but I saw it in the comments, like, how is Dan Quinn different from Jim Caldwell? I think there's a, there's a big difference. I mean, first of all, 16 years difference in age. I mean, Dan Quinn's 51, guys. He's not like he's, um, you know, a total reach red. Here. There it is. Matt Ryan was um, Ryan Poles' roommate. Thank you for those in the comments. Oh, yeah. And then Dan Quinn... Yeah, Coach you, Matt Ryan. you texted me the the wedding video right before we got going here. Oh, yeah. By the way, check that out. Um, I'll search the words to search, but continue talking. Yeah, so it, there's a wedding video from Ryan Poles' wedding um, where they did like a fancy edit and made it cool. Ryan and Katie's wedding reception entrance. Okay. Put that in the YouTube search and check it out. Okay, well, you could also watch, if you only want to watch the first five seconds, which would be totally understandable, um, you'll see Matt Ryan stood up yes. in the wedding. So that's where I was going with that. Matt Ryan was literally standing up in Ryan Poles' wedding. So, yeah, that's the connection with Dan Quinn that makes a lot of sense. And, I, and I'm willing to defend Dan Quinn a little bit here because really had instant success with the Atlanta Falcons. And as we learned with, Ryan pa or, uh, with Matt Nagy, that doesn't necessarily guarantee you longevity or anything. Um, but one thing that I think it's missed is even after they blew that Super Bowl, which was horrible, get that in a second, um, they did come back the next year, make the playoffs as the sixth seed, and go on the road and win at, against the Rams. They won a road playoff game. So it's not like they just went directly in the tank. And I, I just feel like that whole ordeal of blowing the Super Bowl the way they did just gives you a lot of lessons to learn from. That if you get a second opportunity as a head coach, you know how to go about it differently. I think that applies to a lot of head coaches. I've said that about Matt Nagy. That if Matt Nagy gets another chance, I think things could be better. Um, depending on how he handles and delegates the offense. But Well, the greatest I, example of it is the greatest coach of all time. Bill Belichick. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think Dan Quinn defensively can fit well with the Bears personnel. Nate Tice talked about that a lot today. Earlier this morning when we did another podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. Um, and I just think that I understand why things look so poor at the end. For Dan Quinn, but go back and look at his like you don't even have to do a lot of research. Go look at the Wikipedia page. Seriously, go read Dan Quinn's Wikipedia page. And like you'll understand that I think it was year three. Massive injuries like across the board. OK, and then they just got depleted with talent. That's not on the head coach. And that's why uh, Dimitrov got blown out of there, too. Hasn't been back since. So I just think that there's there's upside with Dan Quinn. I'm a believer that a lot of coaches deserve a second chance. 
depending on where they're at in their career. Dan Quinn, to me, is in the sweet spot. He's 51. He is not too old. He's not getting his third head coaching opportunity like John Fox was or Jim Caldwell would, who's been out of the league now for a couple of years. Um, so I'm okay with Dan Quinn as the hire if that's what ends up happening. Yeah, so am I. So am I. And I get there's there might be some angst over it because of what happened in, in Atlanta, but just talking to Nate Tice, the vibe you get from talking to people is uh, people around the league that is, is that Dan Quinn can build himself quite the staff because of who Dan Quinn is. And that's part of the evaluation of this too, is building that coaching staff, filling it out, finding the best coaches for every position that you can find. Dan Quinn might be able to do that better than a Jim Caldwell, like you said, who's been out of the league for a couple of years. Yeah. And here's the thing, like if, if you're concerned about defensive coach, if you got Justin Fields right, he can handle some of the changes that come with him at offensive coordinator. We've seen that play out with the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. Mike Tom was a defensive coach. He's had different offensive coordinators. Even John Harbaugh with Joe Flacco. Different offensive coordinators, but that head coach in John Harbaugh knew what he wanted his team to be and made decisions based on what he wanted that team to be. And it's why the Ravens are consistently good every year. It's a it's a great organization that drafts well. Just saying, you know, try not to become obsessed with the idea of pairing a young quarterback with an offensive mind. All right, so we're going to try to do something we've never uh, done before and try to take some actual questions from uh, people watching right now. So bear with us. But um, uh, there's going to be a link that's put in our chat by our producer, Kent Garrison, who's doing a great job um, just to to uh, to jump in and ask a question. You got to enable your audio and video if you want to ask a question. And then I, then Kent will somehow magically push you in here. So uh, if you want to try doing that, you can. Oh, the, it should this, be, this should be interesting, right? I know. I mean, there, there's some there's some people who are coming for your head right now in the comments, Jazzy. So me uh, for what? So I don't know if they'll get in. Um, here's one question though: we can still take from somebody who um, just from who has typed in a question. But when is the polls press conference? Great question. We'd like to plan our lives too. We do not know, and. Um, Again, reminders, we started this thing. This thing is not official yet and has not been announced. So um, they might want to cancel all the flights to Minneapolis tonight. No, I don't think it's going to come to that. But um, when they announce it, they'll tell us when the press conference is. Is Scott Pioli a possibility for the front office? That is an idea Dave Wanstead brought up earlier today that I had not thought about. He worked for Scott Pioli. Um, and Wani specifically brought up a situation where after he had been a head coach, he got asked by somebody that used to work under him who became a head coach if he would come back and help him, and he didn't do it, and he regretted not doing it. So there are instances of that happening. I have no idea if Scott Pioli would be interested in that, but I agree with the idea of hiring somebody who's been through this before and would be able to guide you if you want that help. So when Ryan Pace... Got the job in 2015. Like his number, his first two hires were Josh Lucas to be his right hand man, his director of player personnel, and Joey Lane to be his cap guy. And those were his confidants his entire tenure here. So I'm interested to see how Poles fills out his staff. Does he go outside the organization? 
Does he look for references from Chris Ballard? I mean, he's got contacts that could be different than Ryan Pace's. That should be different than Ryan Pace's around the league. Or does he try to pull some young guys with him that he likes and who are friends from Kansas City? This should be interesting. Um, do you think that Champ Kelly could stick around? Because um, I think it's a possibility. You saw the way the players like out came out outspoken that he should be the GM. Um, now, first of all, they got to get along, but I could see if Champ Kelly, of course, doesn't get another GM job out there because um, he interviewed in Oakland or Las Vegas, I should say. I could see him at least getting an interview to stick around, and maybe that happens. Yeah, yeah, but if you're already... Some staff members stay. They always do. Um, it's hard to find quality scouts, and some of these guys um, from the Bears have sterling reputations. They're great evaluators. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Like, Do you promote a guy like Sam Somerville, who's been one of the Bears' best scouts? It'll just be interesting to see what polls does this is a uh, a great question that came in uh, from joseph i love this question i would have asked this question in an interview i would have shown the video and said how would you have handled this but the question is which side do you think polls would have taken in the jenkins versus a fetty thing that happened in that game remember when jenkins came to field's defense maybe went a little bit too far but a fetty came in just yelling um, and I thought, I thought that the, there should have been more defense for what Jenkins was doing. That finally somebody was sticking up for the quarterback, and uh, I was very outspoken on the podcast at the time. I thought it was handled poorly. So obviously, I don't know the answer to that. How polls would feel about the whole thing, but um, I think it's a fascinating question that maybe would be something you bring up in an interview just to get a feel on how a guy feels about stuff like that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think we have our first video question coming in here, Hogue. I think we got to quick, uh, quick, or quickly hit something here. Okay, Connor, what's up, hey Connor? Uh, big fan of the show, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. I just had a quick question. Um, I there's a rumor that uh, Omar Khan was interviewing to possibly replace Ted. Do you think there's any validity to that? Yes, I, I do think there is some, um, but. <laughs> At the same time, why would you leave Pittsburgh when there's a potential promotion there with Kevin Colbert considering retirement? There seems to be 
few options for Omar Khan out there. Um, Wait, so Omar was interviewing with Ted to replace Ted? No, 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 no. There's there was that rumor that if the Bears are going to change their hierarchy per se, that you would bring in Omar Khan to be your president of football operations. But I think this point, like that that boat has sailed, that ship has sailed because you've just hired your GM. Like why yeah, would you, you can't hire, hire somebody pres- yes. above him though? Correct. Otherwise, yeah, not it. Um, All right, we got Tony coming in. Yeah, Tony's in here now. Tony. What's up, boys? Nice ceiling. Big fan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I wanted to show you this shirt real quick. Just a little end of an era right there. Uh, yeah. Oh, R.I.P. Club Dub. Um, so if I'm not mistaken, this Eberflus interview had been scheduled for a couple of days. Um, now, all of a sudden, Poles is hired, and about an hour ago, Big Z, tweeted out there that Dan Quinn will be in town tomorrow. I mean, does that not immediately probably make him a front runner now as to the whole time here? Eberflus was kind of thought of as the front runner. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, Eberflus is still scheduled for tomorrow, Tony. That, that, that has not changed. He's still coming in. So maybe the first half of the day is with Eberflus. Second half of the day is with Dan Quinn. But those are your three finalists that George McCaskey's search committee has come up with. It's Jim Caldwell, Eberflus and Dan Quinn. Um, Quinn, to my knowledge, wasn't scheduled this morning. I think that was only a matter of time, though. Yeah, for him think, to be scheduled. Yeah, and I, and I did. Now you're right that Eberflus was uh, he was originally put on the books for Monday, um, and, and now maybe this is why he got pushed back a little bit because they realized they were close to the GM and getting that done. Um, which we said that at the time. That while they, I, a lot of people got bothered by the fact that they scheduled a, a second interview for Matt Eberflus um, before the GM was settled, but I, I kept telling people, like, hang on, they didn't offer him a contract, okay? Like, l- 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 this is a guy who's also a finalist in Jacksonville or has been offered a second interview in Jacksonville. Like, y- there's there's some games here you got to play uh, to keep a guy interested, so they put him on the books for Monday. Now that ends up getting pushed back to Wednesday because they got the GM in place now. So they, they actually are doing that right. Um, and now I guess we'll see what the connection really is with Eberflus and if Ryan Poles and him hit it off in an interview. It's possible. We have a question from Sean. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call slash video, on, whatever you call this. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got you. Sean. We got you. All right. So my uh, my question is with the um, you know, there's two kind of front runners for head coach that are defensive coordinators. Um, do you think there's a chance that um, the Bears switch back to a four three if they bring in a defensive minded head coach? And is that going to affect like any kind of partial rebuild in terms of bringing in personnel that are better at a four three than a three four? Go ahead, Adam. I think yeah. I thought Nate Tice had a great answer about this earlier today. Yeah, you want to sum that up real quick? Um. Well, he just he was talking specifically about Dan Quinn, how he likes that four-man rush. He got, of course, he got the cover three at the Legion of Boom secondary of the Seahawks was known for. But you have a lot of man defense stuff. I, I just think in general, you have such hybrid defenses nowadays. Like the Bears' base defense was a three-four, but most of the time they had four down linemen. I just think you need the best pass rushers you can up there. So especially if they go the Dan Quinn route, that's where you saw just versatile, different threats like uh, a Michael Bennett in the middle, right? Like he, he was just a different type of pass rusher that 
could play inside or outside. And I think for a starting point, if you're Dan Quinn, having Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn as your starting point at defensive end or outside linebacker, however you want to phrase it, like that's appealing at least for one season before you try to, you know, retool that position. Yeah, you know, Dan Quinn's defense was like one of the first that was like really truly hybrid. You know, we talked about yeah. that all the time. Um, you know, Eberflus I think is a little bit more of a traditional four three, but they're they're in the the nickel so much these days that I think you can that it wouldn't be the most dramatic switch. Now, my personal preference would be to stick with the three four, but you know, going to a four three, the Bears have that personnel already. Like that's what Robert Quinn excelled in, and he doesn't want to be dropping back in coverage. And, and Khalil Mack's been in the four three, so if it if it happens, then I think it's 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 fine. If if that's it, it, let me put it this way, hiring a defensive coach, switching schemes is not necessarily. I don't love it, but it's. I, to me, the bigger concern is: Are you going to end up recycling through OCs faster because of it? Like, if you hire Mike Mike Kafka just because he's a guy we've talked about, if the Bears' offense takes off next year with Justin Fields, uh, you know this awful offense for so long, all of a sudden takes off with Mike Kafka. Justin Fields is you know in the MVP conversation, like best case scenario. All this stuff happens. Mike Kafka is getting a head coaching job next year. Then you know the year after that, it's and and that's kind of the downside I think of going defense first. Next question. Corey? What's up, fellas? What's up, What's up Corey? Corey? So, a lot of holes on the roster, limited draft capital. Are the Bears in a, in a rebuild? And how do you think uh, polls will address the roster first? Free agency or maybe trade back a little bit and try to, try to build through the draft? You know, my first thought on this is that Ryan Poles has a much better situation than Ryan Pace had in 2015 of course it starts with without a doubt yeah of course it starts with justin fields you don't have a quarterback who had been here for years with big money in the books and jay cutler like that stands out to me as a big difference uh free agency i think they're like 10th or 11th in available cap space for 2022 so that's a positive uh you're right they need more draft capital but this is going to be a two three four year process with him in terms of you know, tweaking the personnel, finding the right players to put around Justin Fields. So you try to be patient with that, but he does have, just in terms of free agency dollars, he does have some means at his disposal to add a one or two good players right away this year, I would think. Yeah, I feel pretty strongly it's not a total teardown. Um, it was a total teardown in 2015 because you had the worst defense that you'd ever seen. Um, in the history or, of the organization. And you had pieces on offense that even while the offense was was relatively okay under Mark Trestman, you had guys that they didn't want in the building. They had to trade Brandon Marshall. They had to trade Martellus Bennett. They did not really want Jay Cutler to be the quarterback, and they were kind of stuck with him for what you said, Johns, for, for cap reasons. I don't know... And it just depends on who the GM is, but I don't necessarily know that the Bears are stuck right now with anybody they don't want. Okay, and I think a, maybe Eddie Jackson, depending on what the feelings really are in Eddie Jackson, depending on who's hired as a head coach, would be one example of that. Um, but beyond that, who else stands out to you? Like Robert Quinn and Khalil Max, money could be potentially they might fall under the contracts that are 
a little bit more bloated than you would want at this standpoint. Oh, Eddie Goldman might be somebody too that you try yeah. to move on from, but his is a little bit more calf friendly to get out of. I think that's okay. Um, it, Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack are, are interesting to me because if you just don't like the fact that you have two 30 plus year old pass rushers uh, taking up that much of your salary cap, one of the reasons why I think it's a big difference from what the what Ryan Pace had in 2015 is I don't know that you can move Robert Quinn. You might still be able to move Khalil Mack, though. And that may be a conversation we're having at some point this offseason. I don't know. Or if both are healthy, and I think that's a big if at this point, they might be damn good next year on defense. So... I I think that there's, and then you mentioned the cap space the Bears do have. I think there's more to work with than maybe people realize. If you want to be competitive this year, and Mac and Quinn are relatively healthy, you got them for one more year. You do. Yeah. And then you could get out of their contracts. There's there's more affordable exit points after this season. All right, let's get two more questions, and uh, then we'll probably wrap things up here. But uh, let's go to Woody first, and then we'll hit up Jordan. What's up, Woody? Going on, fellas. Oh, he's got um, this whole setup. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, so I, I've been talking about this for a while. My friends been saying this for, especially with the way the North is right now with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay and whatnot. Um, I don't think it's that crazy that the Bears can compete for a division title next year. I actually don't. I think you have a lot of pieces, and that's why I'm wondering, like, you know, with polls being hired, do you make the decision to trade Mac and these guys when you have some cap space to work with? I mean, you can add, like, obviously, Allen Robinson is probably going to move on. We're not going to see him again. But, you know, there's a Michael Gallup available, DJ Chark. There's there's guys that you can add, and you have space to do it. And the defense is probably going to be solid. The Packers are not going to be that great. We know the Vikings, the Lions are Lions. Is it really that crazy? Well, first question, what are you drinking there? Oh, it was a Mountain Dew. Oh, I thought it was uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might be... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Something from... Uh, the, the Costco Pale Ale. The Kirkland <laughs> and the yeah. Green Can. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I thought it was going to be Green Line or something like that. There um, you go. I, I do th- well. I think to, to, to best answer your question, Woody, that all depends on what Justin Fields does next year with with the next step in, in his development. It, it can't be as as rocky as it was this year. Do you hire Mike Kafka and try to keep some continuity? If there can't be some after what happened last year, I, I'm just to, to me that that's everything you, you need capable quarterback play even for the young guys who are developing to be competitive in your divisions and I like the talent I like the persona I like everything about Justin Fields I I saw a lot of good things last year from him but in terms of competing for that divisional title you need better quarterback play yeah um and and I would just make it a little even more simple than that um if Aaron Rodgers is still in the division then the Packers are the the favorite and will probably win the division. If they run it back though, or, or they if they if, if he moves on, because the ball's in Aaron Rodgers' court with the way they structured that contract in that situation, um, and it's Jordan Love, then I think all of a sudden this division has gotten way worse with the Vikings going backwards, with the the Packers obviously going backwards, unless they bring in some different veteran, which is a possibility. But if they if they're running with Jordan Love, then I think. Um, it's possible. It, it, I don't know that the Bears would be like a team winning 12 games and winning the division, but could they be 10 and 7 and win it because they happen to be the best team in the division? Possible. I think that's possible. Like a 13 and 3 prediction? 
No, I'm not doing old that. Joke. Old joke. Old joke. Um, I know where this question is going from Jordan. Bring him in. I think we lost Jordan. We lose Jordan. I think we're going to roll with Eric now instead. What's up, fellas? What's up, What's up Eric? Eric? So my question to you is whether they hire an offensive guy or a defensive guy. Do you bring back Vic? Bring I, back I, Vic. I, I, I personally, <laughs> I personally would love to cover Vic Fangio again. I, I think research. he does. Yeah, right. not JJ Stankovic though. <laughs> I miss those yeah. press conferences oh, so much. They, they were the best. Um, yeah, at least consider him. Uh, I mean, probably he's, he's, not. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, he's such a respected defensive mind. I, I'm just maybe just putting this out there because I wanted to be put out there. But absolutely, right? He's the Bears know what he meant to this team. George McCaskey, Ted Phillips should know what he meant to some George of these guys. Him a tie. Yes, he did. Oh yeah, <laughs> for the, the tie for the interview. That's very good. Good memory, Eric. Yeah. Do you think that's how he picked up Ryan Poles yesterday at the airport? Like there was a like a little baggie with a tie in it. <laughs> that's hilarious. I, I love that that guy caught re- recognized George. And got that video on the slide. Well, like like Adam said earlier, it's not like George like <laughs> tried to hide, you know, wearing yeah, his Bears Letterman jacket, his Bears mask. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Eric, appreciate the question. Appreciate you listening um, and watching. Uh, uh, Jordan, I, I, I've interacted with Jordan a few times. I guarantee you his question was about Brian Flores. And whether Do your or not, research. And whether or not he's a realistic candidate now that Ryan Poles is the GM. Obviously, there's that Boston College connection. And your thoughts so, are on that? Um, he's not on interview list yet. Yeah. I would like to see some names added to the interview list. Just to know they're doing their due diligence. Don't you think? I mean, don't you think that that would... But I guess if 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 these if these finalists were kind of made in conjunction with the fact that Ryan Poles has already made it clear that he likes those candidates too, then that's fine. But um, I, I would like to see whether that's Brian Flores or anybody else. I'd like to or Brian Dable coming in, whatever. Dave Tobe, Eric Bieniemy, yeah. That is yeah. one question I wish we had asked Nate Taylor that I kind of thought of later was why the heck does Eric Bieniemy not get more interviews? I hear you. It's just but 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 look, we're at this point where like there's got to be a reason. Well, especially if Ryan Poles doesn't bring him in for an interview. Yeah. Well, I think there's also some Matt Nagy angst there as well, too, right? Like. At the end of the day, the chief offensive mind in Kansas City is still Andy Reid. Matt Nagy called Andy Reid all the time. Remember all those stories? But Andy Reid still couldn't come with him to Chicago. He could give him all the advice that he wanted. Yep. What did you hear? And then Nate even said this morning, he's like, it looked like Matt Nagy was just running whatever Andy ran the week before. (laughs) That's what he said. Yeah. All right. Um, that was fun, though, doing questions like that for the first time. I like that. We'll do that I didn't again. even know we could do that. That's why we have a great producer like Kent to tell us those things. I imagine that's how, like, the Bears interviews went with. You know, like, oh, we, oh, we got a question from Ted here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we welcome in Ted. 
from, I don't know where Ted lives. Uh, Ted we got live? Soup Campbell coming on. Uh, what do you got for us, Soup? Here's Brian Dable. <laughs> this is Soup entering the meeting now. Hey, I was thinking. How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. Nick, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Um, <laughs> let's get him out of here. Good um, stuff, though. Yeah. I, I did enjoy one of the jokes being that uh, Ryan Pohl sounds like it's Ryan Pace and Nick Foles merged together. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see where this goes in the next coming days. We're, we'll be back Thursday with a new episode, regardless, unless there's a head coaching hire made tomorrow. Then we'll be back even faster. I don't know that's going to go that quickly. Um, I but, hope it uh, doesn't. As much as I want this wrapped up, if Ryan Poles is being diligent, thorough, and exhaustive, you'd think this would be a little bit more elongated now. Yeah. You'd think so. That's what I'm saying. Like I'd like to see him... And I'd like to see more... Zoom's a great tool, right? But bring people into the building. Like, meet with them. See what their reaction is to the building. Uh, remember, like, they, they, Matt Nagy never came to the building before he got hired. Remember that? Well, the, they got off the, the jet together. Yeah. Pacing him. But it was already done. Like, they, you know? Um, so, uh, Bob said Ryan will hire Matt. That makes sense. You got to have Ryan and Matt back in the building. I think so everybody Eberflus is going to be like I put my money on Matt Eberflus. Uh, then we we could just go with that soundbite from George Pikaski where he goes, "Ryan and Matt are for, are our football guys." It still oh, works. Oh yeah, it, it still works. works. Ryan and Matt are our football guys. We got to get that pulled. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, what a cool interaction here tonight. I know everyone's uh, excited about all the Bears news, and. Um, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read our coverage, NBCSportsChicago.com. For me, that column is up. Johnsy, full reaction, uh, along with Kevin Fishbane and your whole crew over there at uh, TheAthletic.com slash Hogue and Johns. Uh, you're already watching on YouTube, but if you are, this is still being posted as a podcast. So if you're happy to listen to this later as a podcast, please uh, check us out on YouTube. You can watch it as well. Um, and hit that subscribe button the like button what else can you hit the notification button it's all there for you thanks to everybody for tuning in and uh make sure you go back and check out the episode from this morning too a lot of great insight on both ryan poles and the head coaching candidates that could be paired with him you're definitely going to want to go back and listen to that so please do obviousshirts.com for all the merchandise thank you so much we'll talk to you thursday see ya i'm just a fan i'm not a football evaluator 